turn in your Bible over to Luke chapter 1. Um, open that puppy up, whether it's an app or an actual paper Bible, all right? Um, so open it up to Luke chapter 1, okay? We're going we're gonna to dig into this here. Um, if you're not familiar, so Luke, uh, when, he, when he wrote this account, I, I love this. This is, we've we got to mention this here at the beginning of reading out of the book of Luke. Uh, let's read his words uh, right here in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. Uh, Luke writes, many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us, okay? So let, let's kind of just stop for a second. This isn't really going to have anything to do with what we're talking about, okay? But we've got to understand what he's writing here. As he said, there have been a lot of people that have tried to compile a narrative about the life of Jesus, about the ministry. There's a lot of people that tried to compile something like this. And he said that uh, all the things that have been fulfilled among us he said, just as the original eyewitnesses told us. All right, so, so it's important. Luke is saying, I wasn't an eyewitness to Jesus, but the eyewitnesses, I interviewed them. I talked to them. I'm compiling these things, okay? And it said, it also seemed good to me since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first to write to you in an orderly sequence most honorable Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed, okay? Isn't that great? Luke said, listen, I want to make, let, let you be very clear, okay? This isn't something I just threw together one day, and he said, I actually went and investigated it from the first in order to write an orderly sequence so you can be certain. All right, right there should give us a, like, just a little bit of comfort to know Okay, he's not, this story isn't just this made-up story. He's going back. He's talking to people. He's compiling things in an orderly way. And he starts out here, um, and he's talking about um, God's rescue plan, right? I mean, God coming into the world, in the flesh, all right? And he talks, you know, uh, Gabriel, who I don't think that was actually Gabriel. We saw on the, uh, on the video, uh, but Gabriel comes down, and he uh, talks to Elizabeth, and he's talking to Mary, and we're going to actually pick this up uh, in this section through here. Let's um, uh, let's start out uh, in verse 26, okay? We're going to read this, and then we're going to stop for a second. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. All right, let's, let's stop for one second here. If an angel burst forth in your home and said, you know, Rejoice, for the Lord is with you. Would you feel troubled? Would you go, hold on a minute. What kind of greeting is this? What, what would be going through your mind, do you think? I know it's hard. I know it's impossible. I mean, if, a, if an angel just, 
kind of shown up, we would probably be, whoa, man, this is amazing. But it's amazing here what her response is. If we were to kind of, let's say, give an opinion on this, what do you assume our response would be in that case? Rejoice. God is with you. What would you think? What would you be thinking? What would you Right. I mean, it sounds really good, doesn't it? It sounds really good. Rejoice. It's not like, you know, woe to you, sinful wretch. It's like, no, hey, be happy. Not not just be happy. Be joyful. The Lord is with you. What what else could you imagine? I was thinking, right? Well, this part right here, we're going to get into the rest of it. But this part right here, she was deeply troubled from that part. Yeah, so from that section right there, just what would we be feeling? I I think um, I would be scared. I think there would be a healthy (laughs) level of fear, right? It's going to, you know, yeah. right it's it's that idea like whoa man uh you know this is i'm a little troubled what what kind of statement could this be right and it goes on the uh, verse 30 then the angel told her don't be afraid mary for you have found favor with god that's it gets better don't be afraid rejoice don't be afraid you found now listen all right like stop right there listen don't be afraid rejoice here's what i have to tell you You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll call him Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I've not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. God just kind of messed up her life. And, And I don't mean that in a disrespectful, irreverent way. But I think that what we think oftentimes is, is when the Lord comes into our life, it's going to be all this fantastic greatness that occurs in my life. You know, have you ever heard I've said it and maybe you've said it before? Boy, when Jesus came into my life, man, my life has never been better. That's good. Amen. That's awesome. All right. But also there's a side of it that there's a good chance that, man, he threw a wrench into our life, too. And, you know, that's good news. But I'll tell you what, as we share the gospel with people, if if we don't talk about that part of it. All right. We're leaving out something because this is good news. All right, we, we don't attract people to the gospel by leaving out that, hey, God very well may throw a wrench in your plans, but they're going to be, it's going to be a great wrench. It's going to be a fantastic wrench, right? And, and, and he says, he goes on, and this is what I love about this. He says, consider your relative Elizabeth, all right? Even when the news is hard, even when the news is tough, he said, here's what I'd like you to do. 
Think about your cousin Elizabeth, what's going on in her life right now. Okay. This, more than anything, so often we read throughout the Bible of, listen, stop for a second and consider what's going on around you. Like, get out of yourself enough to know that there, is, there are things going on and God is working in ways that are so encouraging and so amazing. He's like, Mary, consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. He said, think about Elizabeth. They say she'll never have a baby. And she's pregnant right now. And she's going to have a child. And when everybody was saying it, and he, and he makes this statement right here. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. All right. Don't you just think about that for a second. Her response in verse 38, I am the Lord's slave. Dulos. That, that's what that means, okay? It, it doesn't mean just like, oh yeah, I'm here as you know, a, a servant or what. No, no, no. I'm the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Here's one of the things we don't know. We don't know the time frame this took place. All right. Probably it wasn't just like a five-second intervention. You know, hey, Mary, have something to talk to you about. Oh, yeah, think about Elizabeth. Okay, I thought about Elizabeth. That's great. Oh, wow, nothing's impossible with God. I'm the Lord's slave. You know, it, it probably wasn't like that. There probably was time that went through it of, hey, consider this. Listen, I'm the Lord's slave. Let it be done to me according to your word, okay? Here's what I'd like for us to do. Let's stop for a second. I just want you to pray. I want you to think about this. Is, is this interaction with Mary, this idea of Gabriel saying, hey, understand something. Nothing will be impossible with God. The, the funny thing about that statement right there and that little constructed sentence, uh, what that doesn't mean isn't a materialistic thing. All right? Actually, like the little Greek construction of that sentence is nothing will be impossible okay, according to God's word. All right? And it actually uses a word, this word, whatever God breathes out. Nothing will be impossible, okay? Um, I want us to take a second and just pray right where you are uh, to yourself, all right? Just praying to God um, that we're able to really, like, let this sink in for a second here, okay? That we're really able to hear that God will open our ears and our eyes because um, there is a precedent here that Mary's setting. There's an example she's setting that I think if we move through this quickly, uh, it just becomes another kind of Christmas story that doesn't affect us at all. So please take a moment here just to pray over these verses. <laughs>
Father, I pray as we as we read your word, as we see these words, that they don't remain words on a page, God, but please let them sink deeply into our hearts. Um, help us to hear like we've never heard this before. Help us to have an obedient heart, not just because we want to necessarily go out and just do activities or change things on our own, uh, but because this is a reminder of your gospel. Father, this is good news. This is this is really the only reasonable thing is for us to go out and be changed because of what we're reading in your word, Father. I pray that our hearts are changed and softened, that we, um, that we dig in and, and really help one another and spur one another on, Father, to follow you, to love you, and to love others. God, we love you and we pray in your name. Amen. Um, so, you, you look here. When, when I was reading this, it, it was really, for nothing will be impossible with God. Um, and, and I thought, you know, it's one of the easiest things in the world. Maybe it's not that easy for you, but it's pretty easy for me um, to stop believing in a water walking Jesus. Does that make sense? Like you stop believing in that. You stop thinking about that. It's like it's like we hope that Jesus does great things. All right. OK, here's what I'll ask you to do is. Follow, follow the anxiety in your life. Follow the path that nervousness in your life, uncertainty in your life. Follow that path, okay? And those, that, that path will most likely right, take us to places where we're thinking, Jesus couldn't help this out. All right? it, it may have something to do with your family. It may have something to do with your circumstances. It may have something to do with your season of your life. It may have something to do that, you're, that, that brings up an, a sense of anxiety and nervousness. And you're going, Jesus would never enter this part of my life. Okay? Uh, and because the Jesus we read about in the Gospels walks on water. Right? The Jesus we read about in the Gospels heals disease. Right? The Jesus that we read in the Gospels makes blind people see again. Right? That's the Jesus he has shown us over and over and over again. But I want you to think about that. I really, I mean, this is a great season to be thinking about that is, am I following a Jesus that isn't a, a miracle worker? Am I following God who I've totally forgotten that he breathed life into existence? That he invented something so complex as time. All right? and, if you, and if you're going, time isn't complex. Time is so complex that almost no one can define it. Okay, think about that. It's not just like, no, Keith, it's, it's 11 o'clock right now. No, no, no. I'm talking about the passage of time, okay? It's so complex, almost nobody can define it. All right? How did he invent that? And are we following God who is the inventor of time? The, the creator of color, the, the inventor of trees and beauty and oceans, right? I mean, you think, man, it takes a long time to fill up a swimming pool. How long would it take to fill up the planet with all its water, you know? And God is like, I just had to breathe that into existence. It's not like I have to turn a faucet on anywhere, man. I say the word and H2O exists, right? There, there's a difference. I think this is so amazing this little tiny snippet right here is, hey, remember something. Nothing's impossible with God. Doesn't that make life a little more exciting? 
When, when you start thinking about that, because really, think about this, is what have you kind of given up on? Like, and and I, I know there's a lot of us in here, you would go, well, I hadn't given up on God working in any area. But we can get kind of lazy in our faith, though, too. Like, we're like, oh, no, that area, no, no, it'd be too impossible for my family to hear this message. It'd be too impossible for, you know, whatever to happen in my life. And I think about this story. Turn over to Mark chapter 9, just to your left. This is one of my favorite interactions with Jesus uh, because um, I, I feel like uh, me and this guy in this story would have a lot in common, <laughs> okay? It's this snippet here, uh, and uh, th- this dad had a son uh, that was having convulsions and a just really rough symptoms of, of, uh, of what they were saying at the time was, man, your son is possessed by a demon, okay? But he was having seizures, all these things were happening, and Jesus asked his father right there at the end of verse 21, okay, or right at verse 21, uh, how long has this been happening to him? Uh, if you hadn't picked that up, what I really love about that is that Jesus wasn't just like a circus peddler just going around and just boom, boom, boom. and just He's like, hey, let me talk to you about this. How long has this been going on? You think it mattered? I mean, it was like, hold on a minute. Let me dial up a little extra power here. Hey, it's been 10 months. Oh, don't, no, don't need so much power. He's like, no, Dad, talk to me here. How long has this been going on? He says, from childhood, said the father. And many times it's thrown him into the fire or the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then Jesus said this, if you can. (laughs) I love that because it's like, what do you mean if you can? (laughs) If you can. And and I'm going, wow, that little statement can just, you don't even have to verbalize that statement. But it's like, well, if if you can, he said, everything is possible to one who believes Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Now help me in my unbelief. I love that. <laughs> right? Listen, because we, we're kind of like this. We get defensive because we're like, now I'm not going to admit that I'm not, I'm, fa- I'm not faithful in everything. It's like, well, we're not talking about all or nothing. We're talking about like, yeah, you can have like this sort of faith that gets kind of weak over time. And, and he summarizes this beautifully. Jesus, just so you know, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. That is so helpful in my mind. All right, is that idea, that may be one of the greatest things we can talk to Jesus about, is I know, and and what I know might just be right up here in my head sometimes. Help me in my unbelief. All right, if there's one thing I would love for us to just be meditating on this Christmas season is that. Help me in my unbelief. Let's follow a Jesus, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know what, but dig into the Bible to remember that, you want to know what, the Jesus we follow um, was a miracle maker. He, he majored in that, all right? That's what he specialized in, all right? And so it's that idea, I love that, if you can, if you can, just, well, okay, I, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Hopefully that little snippet is just something that's helpful. It's helpful to me, okay? Let's go back to Luke chapter 1. So he said, listen, the the angel said, nothing will be impossible with God. She says this, I'm the Lord's slave. 
We don't know how long it took her to get to that place. We don't know how many hours. I think the Bible does us a service in this area because you want to know what would happen if they said Mary took two days off and then she came back and said, I'm the Lord's slave. What will we do with that? What will we do with that? We would say, you want to know what? You have to go 48 hours and then God will give you your answer. We, we do those things, right? It's like, hold on a minute. Uh, so thankfully, they left that out, okay? But he said, consider this. She says, I'm the Lord's slave. Um, you can read this, and you could go, all right, yeah, that's cool. But this isn't commanding me to do anything. This, this is Mary saying that. Thank God Mary had that heart. It's, there's no command here. Right, you're going, this, maybe we're off the hook. This is just a cool piece of information, right? Except there's a lot of places that are, the, the, the teaching is this very teaching, right? Is this idea of, I am the Lord's slave. All right, can you think of any other places? Can you think anywhere in the teachings of Jesus where he said, listen, uh, I'm not even going to give you any more words from it. But where, where you could find that? Where, where would you find something like that in the Bible? Okay, yeah, I mean, that's a big one. Okay, well done, right? right? Hey, I got three words for you. Jesus, Lord, right? I mean, that is, that, that's the theme throughout, okay? Uh, where else would you find something that was a, similar to this sentiment that Mary confesses of, I am the Lord's slave? Where would you go? Okay, where? Lord, yeah, Lord, and that, that yes, he saves us, but yes, he's also my master. Which yeah. means he is the king, right? That, that's huge, right? Okay, so yeah, I mean, you have Acts chapter 2, you have Jesus, Lord. Where else would you go? and Jesus shows up and says, I want you to go do this now, this way. And he says, we've been fishing all night and not... Yeah. And it's... But kind of like the idea of, I do not really see this going anywhere, but because you say it, you do it. Yeah. And just, again, yeah. like how it's fishing, but it's so much more of yeah. that beginning of, if you say it, we'll do it. If you say it, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't care about anyone else. If you said it, Jesus, I'm doing it. Because I, it's you are Lord. All right? Anyone else want to take a stab out there? Yeah. I think of Jesus in the garden. Okay. When, I mean, he's praying and he's like, yeah. if you can take this from me, but because it's your will, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. Jesus says in Matthew 16, if anyone wants to come and follow me, anyone wants to come, you, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. A lot of times we think taking up your cross is the hardships of life. No, that, that's for you to die on. That's what we're, we're supposed to die on that cross, okay? And, it's, and, and this is the thing. She, she says this here. I am the Lord's slave. Do you think she knew what she was getting into? No. It would be impossible to know completely, right? I mean, it really would be. But I think she had an idea. Frida brought this up earlier that I think is really important here. Um, look down. She sings a song later okay Mary sings a song okay she's troubled 
All right, she has just been kind of branded in a way that was not acceptable in her time. Okay? And she sings this song, my soul, down to verse 46. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on, all generations will be blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. And his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He's done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty ones from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. That, that's pretty cool little uh, like psalm that Mary sings as a teenager. All right. Think about that. She knew a little bit, huh? She knew a little bit of what she was getting into. She knew about God. She knew the history. She knew her word, okay? And and I want this to challenge us because I think, honestly, I think it's too easy to be lazy in being in God's word. And and I'm I'm sitting here reading Mary singing a song about how great God, I mean, this isn't like, oh, man, who is that God? I've never heard of him before, man. I don't know anything about him. It's like, no, listen, I, I know about this God, all right? And so anyway... I just want us to be more like, don't fall into the laziness of not being in the word of God. All right. Let's be diligent. All right. You think, well, man, she had, uh, maybe it was easier in her time to be in the word. No, come on now. We have conveniences that she didn't have. All right. It, It wasn't easier. There was nothing easier about this, but it's this idea of, you know, she had this idea. She said, nothing's impossible. I'm the Lord's slave. May it be done to me according to your word. May it be done to me. What's striking there to you? May it be done to me according to your word. What do you think of when you hear that? What are you thinking? You know, her heart is just, she had no degree of certainty that she was going to come out of this unscathed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you mentioned about being in that time unmarried. Um, you know, her family could have disowned her. She could have been thrown into prostitution you just to support herself. And how she's, I am the Lord's servant. Like, whatever it is you need me to do. I'm like, there was no negotiation. There was no, no. Like, okay, if this will happen this way, then let's do it. There, it was just, I'm sold out. Isn't it great? You know, regardless yeah. of what the circumstance is going to be, I don't care. Yeah. I trust you enough to know I don't know what tonight's going to look like. Exactly. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know what six months is going to look like. I don't know. The, I mean, this is an amazing level of uncertainty. All right. Uh, how, how do you do? Let me just kind of ask you this with uncertainty. What's it do to you? Talk to me just a little bit about that. Okay. There, like there's this level of anxiety. All right. Like if we knew what was going to happen, we'd be at peace. Right? How horrible would that be? It's like, hey, this week, uh, here's all the things. I mean, could you imagine at the beginning of this week getting the update? Here, we don't want any uncertainty in your life. These things are going to have to be like, what? I mean, you would be a nervous wreck. 
right? But there is this, we have this weird idea that if, man, if I just knew more, I wouldn't be anxious at all, right? But uncertainty brings on this anxiety. What else does uncertainty do? Right. Yeah. Let me fix this. You know what's really tough for kind of our demographic here in Clemson is that without Jesus, every one of us would find a way to be successful in this world. Like you have the ability to do that. You have the intellect to do that. You have the work ethic to do that. Like, if you take Jesus and the Holy Spirit outside of your life, you could make a successful life, okay? So why is that bad news? Is because, like, what Olivia is saying is in uncertainty, sometimes we go, we take it into our own hands. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to change my circumstances. I don't need, like, that idea of faith doesn't fly anymore. Like, like this idea of going, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But God, whatever that journey is you have for me, and you all know what? Sometimes we fool ourselves. Oh, you know, this is the journey that God has for me. Hold on a minute, right? Is we oftentimes want to choose a journey that sounds faithful instead of that is faithful, all right? And there's this uncertainty, and I love her heart here of let it be done to me according to your word. What you said, let that be done to me, all right? What else do you think of when you think of this idea of un- uncertainty? Yeah. I think all of us tend to, you know, fight and fight and freeze. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I tend to freeze and then take flight. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to do, and then I, you know, run away. Yeah. But um, kind of like you know, what she was saying, I try to figure it out myself. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just try to work it out. And that's some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You need God, you need people filled with God, you know, all, all of those things, right? How easy do you think this is, right? I mean, we're reading like these three verses, and isn't it sometimes kind of simp- like oversimplified and go, oh man, it should be easier than that, right? Because it sounds like it's so easy for her. But there was no commentary on whether it was easy for her or not. I mean, it's whatever the movie you're playing in your head. I would assume that it wasn't easy for her. I don't know a human being it would be easy for. I don't, you know, this is, this is that idea of, um, you, know, entertain, you know, the entertainment industry that can kind of play this thing where, oh, no, 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 it's just super easy. And like, no, 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 I'm, whatever you want to do to me, God, I'm, you know. This is hard. This is really, really tough. Uh, but this is the heart of a disciple. This is a humble heart of a disciple, right? Um, how do you get to this place? I want you to think about what advice would you give someone? Right? What, what advice, if somebody came to you and said, listen, I, I've been studying this out. I want to have this heart, no matter what God says the course of my life will be today or tomorrow or a month from now or for the next five or ten years. I want to have this heart right here. And you were to give advice to somebody, where would you tell them to start? I I think the scripture that you referenced, Mark, just help me. You've got to pray. You've got to go to God Mm -hmm. pray for that attitude. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's got to start there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it sounds like there was 
you know, it's more than just even saying the words, right? I mean, it's that idea of like, no, 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 no. I need to cry out for help <laughs> in this. All right, this isn't just go and do three good deeds today and it'll all be better. All right, so yeah, I mean, going back and like, hey, cry, crying out to God. Okay, um, yeah. For the period of time when I was battling cancer, and it was more than uncertain, it was pretty dismal looking. Right. But um, when I focused on, and I really did, Philippians 4, um, 4 through 8, and following, they literally, those verses, and at the time I didn't realize I was doing what we did, the other exercise at night, you know, the other night at church when we prayed through the verse and broke it down and prayed, but it, it gave me courage and peace yeah. like nothing else. Yeah. It allowed me to realize that God already knows how it's ending. Yeah. He already knows. And yeah. he's going to be with me through the whole thing. And so it, it made it possible to go through it all. It wasn't that it wasn't still scary. Mm-hmm. It was still scary. Yeah. Um, and I still specifically asked him you know, to save me for different reasons, my children, and my husband, and other things. But, um, but it gave a peace, a confidence that, okay, it, it is going to be okay. Yeah. Now, I didn't feel that every day. Right, <laughs> right. And, and I think about it now. There's things going on in my life now that, I mean, when they, they don't pale in comparison, but they shouldn't be as hard, I think. As that was, and right. that, yeah. I struggle with it. More. Mm-hmm. It's like, gosh, it's it's hard to grasp hold of that and keep hold of yeah. that. Yeah, right. But it, but it is, you know, the doctors were helpful. God did incredible things through medication right. and stuff. But it was, it was His word yeah. that gave me the the peace and the okay. Yeah. We can do this. It's yeah. If I don't make it, it's not going to I want to make it. But he already knows, yeah. and that's enough for me. He yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So hopefully we heard what Sue shared because, you're, like, this isn't, wasn't theoretical to you. <laughs> this was real every day. It's looking really bleak and dismal, and ev- I've got every reason in the world to be nervous and anxious and scared and all of these things. And praying through Scripture, I-, I think that's so important. If there's a piece of advice we give, now remember, this is kind of the trick, Right is the idea of if I'm like going to give a piece of advice, am I going to take my own advice, <laughs> right? Uh, but sometimes it's really easy for us going, oh, yeah, I like that. What advice would I give? I give that advice, and then I, it happens, right? I mean, we give advice that we don't do. You know what you need to do? You need to be praying through. I, listen, I, I, we all need to be praying through Scripture. Uh, you don't want to wait until there's like dismal darkness to do it, but you know, when you hear Sue share this and saying, no, this wasn't a theory. This was actuality. This was really practical. Um, this is a practice we all need to take and say, listen, I need to open up God's word and not just read it and hope it does some miraculous, magical thing, but that we pray through it, that we talk to God through his word. That's a great piece of advice. Okay, so if I ask myself, man, how do I get a heart like this? I need to be praying through God's word. Okay. What is another piece of advice you would give? 
there's less hands going up now that it, you're like, oh man, I'm not gonna <laughs> get tricked. Mine's not as like deep, but I feel like in cross training this year, we've talked a lot about self-awareness and just being being aware of like what your thought process is and what your experiences have led you to believe yeah. and know. Um, so I think when it comes to having a heart of like knowing that God's best interest, has your best interest at heart, um, I have to always kind of take a step back and self-analyze and make sure I'm aware of what my ideal is, right? what it is that I want so badly, yeah. um, and then acknowledging the fact that if I don't get that, then it's not wrong, one, because society tells me that if I don't get exactly what I want, then I'm wrong, Yeah. Um, or like I didn't do something right, but two, also because it's not mine to plan anyway, so yeah. um, just being aware of what I want and accepting the fact that obviously it's not as easy as it sounds, but yeah. just praying through that and knowing, be, you have to be aware of it in order to yeah, that's so important is am I even aware of what my expectations are of God or what I would think is my ideal life? There was a book written a number of years ago, Your Best Life Now. Man, everybody wants that. He's like, my best life now. That, yeah, baby, I love that, okay? It, Mary's best life now was being pregnant as a teenager. Like none of us are like, no, no, no. If God were to go, hold on, what your best life now is is, is this. Okay, I mean, we don't necessarily always want to hear that, right? And so it's that idea of, okay, what are these, maybe the expectations um, that I have? And am I open to God taking me in a different direction, right? I mean, all these things, these are great. This advice we would give, may it be done to me according to your word. Here's what I'd like for us to do is, is really over the next week or so is really take this passage and dig in, like, whether it's like a 30 for 30 that we've done before. We're just taking 30 minutes in this passage and just writing down 30 thoughts, okay? Um, just writing down, man, praying through it, just sitting there for 30 minutes. Do that a few times. Do that a number of times. Don't just go, okay, I did it once. Everything should be great now. But really digging in in humility of, man, how can we be this way? Think about, and I hope you've written down what you've heard from brothers and sisters of, man, this is good advice. This is good advice, crying out to God, praying through his word. Here's the one thing I will say this. A lot of times what what we think is that God's plan for us is that we would go out and live this just, you know, kind of self-centered life. And remember what we talked about a few months ago is Jesus came to seek and save the lost. His best life for us will be intervening into other people's lives with the gospel. Okay, so if there's ever a time where you're going, okay, this is a decision I need to make. This is, this is stepping out in faith, and it doesn't have anything to do with spreading the gospel. There's a really good chance that it's being made up. All right, there's a really good chance because it would be hard to imagine a God who said, I'm going to send my son to go to earth, to die on a cross, to save sinners, but I'm going to exempt you from that process. That would be hard to believe, all right? And so really thinking about that is, okay, God's plan most likely for us is to be living in a way that no matter what happens today, we are bringing the gospel to a lost world. All right? I want you to consider that.